Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. Our purpose is to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're working our way through 1 Timothy in our current series, Behave Yourself. Now let's jump in and hear what Kurt has to say. Welcome back, each and every one of you, to yet another episode of Everyday Truth, learning how to behave ourselves here in the book of 1 Timothy. Don't know if you're uh, an old man or an old uh, old woman or a young man or young woman, but whoever you are, we know the Bible's applicable, and I'm glad that you're along for the ride. We talked about what godly preaching looks like, a godly communication. The end of the commandment is charity. We talked about those motivations the last episode, and the Bible says in verse number six that some from which... This kind of ministry, this kind of teaching and preaching, this kind of motivation from which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling. So the opposite of of biblical preaching is what the Bible calls vain jangling. You just got to love the old English here. Yeah, you sure do, Pastor. You know, vain jangling just conjures up this idea about somebody who's giving you just useless information. It is empty rhetoric, really. Uh, Paul is not saying that they don't sound good to the human ear, but they're not giving the truth of God out. They're just giving emptiness out is what they're doing. Right. It reminds me of like a kid's battery-operated toy at Christmas. It's like, shut that thing off. Or what really bothers me is... I'll be on an airplane and somebody will have a bag of potato chips and they'll just constantly be crinkling the bag. I don't know why that bothers me, but it just does. So I don't know if that's vain jangling, but that's kind of the (laughs) crinkly potato chip bag. I think would be a better translation. Um, But either way, the Bible says they have swerved. So swerving, you and I know what that is. Maybe you've swerved out of the way of, of of an animal that's jumped out in front of your car or you've swerved to miss something and on the roads that's exactly what the word means here you've you've made a sudden and uh, a sudden and dramatic change of direction you swerved away from you're not on the right road you're on the wrong road and you're going to the wrong destination so they've swerved and instead of preaching, the, uh, the, the, the godly message, they're preaching this vain jangling message. It's not so much that they've, they're not going down the right road, but now they're going down the wrong road. It's like a, it's a double negative. And it shows you, you know, in ministry, how that we have to get to be faithful and behave on ourselves before Jesus Christ, our Savior. That just because a person starts right doesn't mean they're going to end right if they are not faithful in following the kind of things Paul's telling Timothy in this great epistle. Why would... Any teacher of the Bible swerve from simple propagation of the Scripture. Why would any preacher want to swerve away from a message motivated by love and motivated to love to follow the Lord? Why would somebody swerve from that? Well, the Bible tells us why. And that's one of the wonderful things about the Bible is it not only tells us the what's of our life, But it tells us the whys of our life. The Word of God, it's quick and powerful. It shows us it's a discerner of even the thoughts and intents of the heart. And watch how that works here in verse number 7, where the Bible says, desiring to be teachers of the law. 
So why do they turn aside unto vain jangling? Because they desire to be. Because they have this love for being somebody. Excuse me, guys. I told you I would never do that again. And there I am letting my phone ring on our podcast. So let me just get this turned on silent mode. There we go. And um, there we go. Perfect. But um, yeah, so this, this desire to be something, to be known as something, to have personhood, well, that can that can infect a lot of good ministries, can it? It certainly has, Pastor, and I'm, I'm sure all of us could know of people that that has affected, where pride can get in, and you know Satan loves nothing better when people are serving Jesus Christ successfully for them to get lifted up with pride and to destroy their ministry. I think about Diotrephes in the book of Third John. He loveth to have the preeminence. I think about the statement that Jesus made. I think it was in Matthew 23 about the scribes and Pharisees. Everything they do, they do to be seen of men. Um, it's but I what pride is a it it's an insidious thing. And these people are willing to swerve from Bible preaching that will help people to be built up in their faith because they want to be somebody. Look at me. I'm a teacher of the law. But watch the irony of it in verse 7. Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. So here they are teaching and sounding so eloquent and parsing out the verbs. And I mean, they're just doing a great job and they're affirming it. I mean, they're pounding the pulpit and they're saying it with an exclamation point. And what Paul says is they have no clue what they're talking about. You know, one, one, one way that's foretold is that their life is not affected by what they're even trying to teach. Here they're trying to teach what they think they know about. But, you know, if I am not walking with Christ and if I'm teaching, oh, the word of God is great and is you know, Jesus Christ is wonderful. If I'm not living that, I don't really believe that. You know, I'm not living out a life that says that Jesus Christ is wonderful, that he is my savior. And I'm so glad that he is. And so what happens is you start just teaching people things that you think sound good to them and you don't stay faithful and you don't live any kind of gospel message out. A person doesn't because they're lifted up with pride, focused upon themselves, and they're just displaying really often their ignorance. And the thing that Paul specifically says they didn't understand was the law. <laughs> so these were presumably Jewish teachers who really thought they had a handle on the law. We know the law. Jesus said to the Sanhedrin members in John 5, search the scriptures, for in them you think ye have eternal life. You think you know what you're talking about, but you really don't. Because if you really knew the scriptures, then you would know me. So it's interesting that Paul says here, neither understanding what they say nor whereof they affirm so what were they teaching? Well, certainly they were teaching the law, but they were teaching the law wrongly. They were teaching the law as a means of righteousness. They were teaching the law as a way by which to curry the favor of God. They totally misunderstand the purpose of the law. The law was not given to us so that somehow we can look at how good I am and look at what I can do and I'm almost there and God, aren't you pleased with no, the law was given to show us our insufficiency. 
The law was given to show us our sinfulness so that we would run to the source. And the source is the one who fulfilled the law. Uh, His name is Jesus Christ, who wants to empower us to do what the law could never empower us to do. You know, what Paul's talking to Timothy about is not unique to Ephesus, as you know, Pastor. As you mentioned earlier, the churches at Galatia were struggling with the same issue. There were many teachers who loved to come, come behind Paul and tell the converts, well, you know, Paul is fine, but what Paul is giving you is not the whole truth. Here is more you need to know. And they would pervert the gospel, as you already have said. They would add the law, so you have to keep the law to really be a disciple of Christ. And so they were perverting the gospel. And that is why Paul spoke so forcefully in Galatians about this whole issue, because it really does get to a person's identity in Jesus Christ and who they are in Jesus Christ. And Paul's know this is a very wicked doctrine if people wrongly apply the law and what the law really means, it can have devastating effects upon a person's life. I love that the Apostle Paul didn't just point out the error, but then he was careful to clarify to Timothy, so, so what is the law for then? And he tells us in verse 9, knowing this, here's something you can rest upon, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons. And if there be any other thing that's contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. In other words, the purpose of the law was not to give man a trophy for his goodness. (laughs) The purpose of the law was to show man his sinfulness. And as we use the law for its purpose, it's a wonderful thing. Because what does it do? It points to the gospel of Jesus Christ as our only hope. But when we make the law somehow our trophy case, and we make the law somehow our means of acceptance, then really what we do is we shadow the cross and we diminish the glorious gospel. So Paul said, preach the law, but preach it for what it's worth. Preach it for what it is. And he does that in Romans 7 and elsewhere. He tells us exactly what the law does. Yeah, Paul knows that the law uh, is not what makes us a believer. We can't keep the law, as you mentioned a moment ago. But it's by the law showing us we need Jesus Christ. It brings us to Christ. It's our schoolmaster, as Paul points out in Galatians 3. It shows us we need a Savior. And then we come to Christ and we realize we have to have Him and we trust in Him. We are saved by grace. We're kept by grace. We live by grace. Nothing of ourselves merits God's favor. It's the grace of God. And Paul wants these Christians that Timothy is talking to, yes, you're saved by grace, but continue in the grace of God. The law is not what is given to you to keep you where you need to be with Jesus Christ. You can preach the law without the gospel, but you can't preach the gospel without the law because the law is that which shows us our need. So keep that in mind. When Paul talked about the gospel, anytime he talked about the gospel, he always mentioned, and I should say always, uh, maybe that's... um, too much of a hyperbole, but often would mention his stewardship obligation to the gospel. Whether he said, I'm a debtor, both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. I have an obligation. It's been committed to my trust, he said here. I I am a steward. 
he told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. So here in 1 Timothy 1, he says the glorious gospel of the blessed God was committed to my trust. I've got to do something with it. I'm responsible for its information. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. It's not that Paul said, I earned the right to be called. What he meant is, you know, I I trusted Christ. I put my faith in him, fully in him, who was before, Paul said, I was a blasphemer, uh, a persecutor, injurious. Uh, Paul gave his testimony in several locations, I think most notably about Galatians 1, where he talked about persecuting the church of God and wasting it. The Bible says, I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. And then he quotes a well-known accepted saying of those days, almost poetic, when it said, this is a faithful saying, it's worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I'm chief. So Paul said, I'm not applying this teaching, Timothy, to others. I'm applying, I'm applying it to myself. It, the law demonstrated to me my own sinfulness. For years, I thought I was the cat's meow, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I, I did everything right. But you know, when the law said, thou shalt not covet, it slew me. I realized in my heart, I was just as wicked and vile as everybody else. And then I saw myself and I saw that all the things I was doing in the name of God, I was really persecuting the church of God. You know, I was persecuting Christ himself. I don't deserve to be saved. I don't deserve to have anything. But you know, I, I did it ignorantly. And God loved me. He had mercy on me. And when I put my faith and trust in him, he accepted me. And that's a faithful saying. It's true for everybody. That's why Jesus came. He didn't come looking for righteous people. He came to call sinners to repentance. And I'll tell you what, I'm a big one. And I love Paul here. Paul was a great person to speak to this issue because as you mentioned, he had been very fervent in the Jewish religion. He very, had been very fervent in a works-based type righteousness. But there came the day when Paul realized that is not what pleases God. And I love what you just read these last few verses here, how they really emphasize the grace of God in Paul's life. Paul says, it is the grace of God. It's the grace of God. He enabled me. What I do is because what God has done. I was wicked. Uh, I am the chiefest of sinners. And yet God's grace is great. It is sufficient. It is more than sufficient for my life. And Paul wants Timothy to let that get hold of his heart uh, in even a greater way so that Paul, so that Timothy is faithful in what he is doing in his ministry to live out the purity of the gospel by the grace of God with no human merit involved whatsoever. We're going to come back to that thought. It's just such an important one, and we're out of time for now. Just the thought about, hey, Jesus saved me. Uh, I didn't deserve it. None of us does. But he came looking for me. I wasn't looking for him. And I'm the chief of sinners, said the Apostle Paul. I have a, a, a very sordid past. And yet here I am as a trophy of God's grace. And that in itself is a great lesson for all of all of us, as Paul shall demonstrate. So we're going to come back to this next episode. Appreciate your faithfulness to the Lord and your faithfulness to this podcast. I pray that you have a great day today, and we'll see you next time. 
God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.